Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode comes with a content warning and brushes up against topics that could be triggering for our audience. You'll find specific details in the show notes. Please take care when listening. Welcome to another episode of WA Exposé, a podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, with the immense privilege of recording on Wajak Noongar Budja. Enigmatic, eccentric entertainer extraordinaire. As seen on Australia's Got Talent, Mr. Boylesque, WA 2013, my guest today is a musician, magician, muse and performance artist. Shuttling the fine line between party clown and high school teacher, this friendly and freaky education and mind-breaking skills have been intact since 2005. He combines passions for teaching and entertaining to present a magic workshop that is suitable for all ages from 8 to 80. As part of our Fringe World Blitz, today's guest is bringing John Mads Abracadabra and other useless words to the iconic Pleasure Gardens this February. And yes, I have John Mads sitting across from me today. How are you, John? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, did I, I got all those words in that intro yes, and I'm so proud like of myself. tongue twister right there. <laughs> like, I wouldn't read that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud of myself. I, you know, sitting in the car, enigmatic, stupid, uh, but eventually <laughs> I ended up going into Fergie, ended up being like, automatic, supersonic yeah, nice. hit. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, I should, wait. <laughs> wait, I should add more then. Is yes. that what you're saying? I'm, I'm saying add more E words. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe isometric and, uh, um, so obviously your career has spent so many incredible different artistic abilities and skills that you have, I was going to say dip your toe in, but that's not true. You fully submerged in all of these awesome genres, but mm. for you at the core, there's always been magic. So why magic? Well, I think magic's just the one that, uh, well, actually I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So honestly, music's actually my first love. Ah. Yeah. It started with music. Um, I think it started probably with the school play in kindergarten and I think I was playing one of the wise men or something. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's wow. a bit of drama and, uh, you know, and then like I think as a teenager, songwriting came to me mm-hmm. and I was, you know, a struggling musician for a long time. Yeah. Uh, in what sort of genre? Uh, I think I started, well, it was kind of rock music that, nice. that my heart was in, but yep. my writing was a lot more kind of folky. Mm. Almost Ed Sheeran-esque, you know, teenage heartbreak <laughs> music. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, but like, you know, music uh, uh, as a songwriter, as an as original music artist, uh, it's not a lot of, uh, it's, a, it's a hard slog. Yeah. It's a hard slog, <laughs> no matter where you go. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I think somehow magic uh, came, came to me and uh, it paid a lot better. that'll be that'll be a shocking revelation for some i'm sure magic plays better than music (laughs) well yeah and like it just and you know just over time it opened up a lot of more doors for me Mm. so like you're you're saying you know that uh, i've spent across a lot of uh, different genres of performance Mm. art and i think a lot of it was from from magic really it's kind of led me places and i've just kind of gone yeah i'll give it a shot and uh and i think 
just took a deep dive and went and saw how far it could take me and kind yeah. of done, all right. Magic's always the one that, you know, that I come back to because it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's, it's the most personal, I think. Mm. I, I get closer to people, whereas like on a stage, whether, you know, where it's a small stage playing, you know, guitar or ukulele or something, or whether it's a big stage, you know, yeah. on a, in a rubber balloon, taking off your clothes. <laughs> um, you're a lot further from the audience, whereas with magic, it's, it's you know, the, the, the magic that I like, actually. It's, mm. it's literally right under your noses. Um, yeah. So that's really interesting. So you've always kept one foot in the door of magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you said magic came to you. How did magic come to you? Uh, well, um, so when in my when when I was young, so this show that I'm doing actually abracadabra and mm. these magic words, it's based on a card trick that I learned when I was about seven years old. Wow! Um, so that was pretty much my first magic trick that I learned. But I didn't understand magic when mm. I when I was doing that trick. You know, um, I was just a kid. Yeah, doing um, some motions. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was a bit more of a novelty. Ah, uh, like, yeah, yeah. I can trick you. I can trick my friends. <laughs> yeah. I can trick people. I'm so clever. Yeah. Um, and I got given one of those, uh, magic boxes, you know, hundred magic tricks. Mm. And really that, that killed my passion for magic, <laughs> uh, be- because I felt so cheated. Like, you, mm. you know, I don't know if you've ever bought one of those kids from Kmart or anything. Yeah. You know, I may have gifted it to a niece or nephew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, it's like they sell it as a 50 tricks or a hundred tricks yeah. or whatever, but really there was only three good tricks. What are they? Um, well, I just think like, different kits have different tricks, um, you know, fair. so well, once so in got, your like, kit, like just some solid slider hand stuff. Um, I think there was like an egg cup that I really liked. Yeah. There was one of like a, 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 a um, like a, a penetration trick, like where a pencil goes through a, a, a piece of plastic. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, this is some optical illusion or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. most of the other tricks are just a bit rubbish. Okay. So when they sell you a hundred tricks and 97 of those tricks are pretty naff, I kind yeah. of went like, well, that's just rubbish, you so know? So in the world of magic, there are only three tricks <laughs> at that time for you. At, yeah. As a child, that's yeah. what I thought. And I thought, well, you know, this is not like David Copperfield stuff. You yeah. Know? It's not the kind of stuff <laughs> I see on TV. Why didn't they sell me a box where I could move a yacht somewhere else? Right, yeah. exactly. You know, I want to disappear buildings, you know, yeah. I want to fly, you know, I want to, I want to make money appear. Yeah. Uh, all that kind of stuff. And that didn't happen. So I was just like, magic's just rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Um, fast forward a couple of years, uh, I was at uni and um, I was... A pretty massive stoner uh, to the point mm. where I was almost perpetually stoned. I hope my mom's not listening. <laughs> we'll do but, a skip. Go like, <laughs> you skip forward three minutes, yeah. Mama John Mad. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, it's not me, Mom. It's uh, <laughs> It's just the character. Yeah, it's it's the exactly. Character. Exactly. It's just a story I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I got to the point where I, I, I bumped into some friends in Northbridge. Um, and they were not my stoner friends. Mm. And I remember just blanking and not knowing how to interact with them. Oh, interesting. I forgot. I completely forgot because they were not my stoner friends. So, and, and then I, I looked at myself and I realized I was, I was avoiding my, my social events mm. uh, just so I could hang out with the same bunch of stoners in, yeah. you know, in their backyard. Just, I, don't, I don't even know what was so entertaining about it the whole yeah. time. So it was just about the time where I, I thought, you know, I need to try and get high on life again. Yeah. Um, and just by luck, um, I was traveling back to Singapore, um, where I was born. And um, this was in 2005. And one of my friends that I was meeting up with for supper goes, uh, hey, do you have a deck of cards? And I'm like, that's a really dumb question. Why, <laughs> why would I carry cards? So he goes to the shop and he buys, uh, you know, just a regular pack of cards. And he yeah. shows me like three or four tricks. And like, it just made me feel like a child again. Like, you know, there were yeah. a lot 
they weren't your typical just pick a card tricks. You know, yeah. there, there was there was something to it, and uh, he taught me two or three of those tricks. Uh, gave me a book, and that was it. Wow. Just, yeah, it was a deep dive into magic from there. Amazing. And did that bring back, like you were saying, you are searching for like a high of life again. Did that start to bring it back for you? I think at that time, what I was trying to use it for was just learning how to f- force an interaction, uh, you know, from not knowing how to interact with people and mm. more from, from kind of like, you know, just forgetting how to engage yep. to becoming that annoying pick a card guy. Like, hey, can I show you a magic trick? <laughs> That's a big part of magic is you definitely need someone to do it to. Otherwise, there's no point. Like a singer can sing or, you know, a dancer can dance. But Mm. to be a magician, you have to have your audience there, another character in your show. Well, I think that's a big point about this this show that I'm doing. I've been been doing it for 10 years now. I think when I first did the show, I thought, well, wouldn't it be fun to share how a trick is done? Mm. And I realized that, you know, from seven to, you know, in the last like 30 years or something, Telling my age, <laughs> uh, but you know I'm uh, I've kind of developed on on that trick. So yeah. it's a very basic trick that I learned at first, but um, with a bit more insight, uh, I've actually managed to turn something that was quite juvenile into uh, I'd like to believe something that get, gets more and more impossible each time I perform it. Mm. And the beauty is that I can do the same trick uh, to the same audience uh, in in different ways. And I think that's the focus of this workshop. So. Uh, in the show, I talk about you know people asking me what magic ma- what magic is and how do you do magic. And yeah. To me, it's it's three things. Uh, there's three ingredients, and the first one is sleight of hand, which is quite easy to learn. You know, in 2022 uh, and beyond, uh, <laughs> dear listener, whenever you're listening in 2030. After the world has imploded. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully not 2034. No, no, not that soon. Oh my gosh, I hope we have at least three more weeks. You know. <laughs> uh, but you know, sleight of hand, like you know, it's it's on YouTube. You know, like books are pretty available. DVDs, downloads. You know, yeah. back when we could torrent stuff. You know, yeah. I've, I've got friends who've got gigabytes of, of material. Mm. Um, but you learn how the trick is done. And I know how a lot of tricks are done. I, yeah. I just don't do them, just, I, you know, because I haven't practiced. Yeah. Uh, with practice, the second ingredient comes into play, which is the misdirection. Mm-hmm. And that's almost as important as the sleight of hand. Um, because there are some slights that are impossible to do with without misdirection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's some tricks that uh, the misdirection really helps. <laughs> um, but the third ingredient, and I think to me, it's the most important ingredient uh, in in performing magic, uh, which is what I'm best at, which is the bullshit. Mm. The stories yeah. that you tell, you know, like how you sucker people in mm. into believing uh, your reality just for a moment. Yeah. Um, and I think that turns a trick into magic. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, moving away from the incredible work that you're doing at the moment mm. um, and into some of these really interesting other areas of art that you've, mm-hmm. again, fully submerged yourself in, <laughs> Mr. Boylesque 2013, how did that come about? Well, so uh, again, I, I think uh, magic opened that door for mm. me. Um, so, you know, I was, I was actually, so from a practicing magician, uh, I was, like I said, the annoying guy that was, um, you know, just going around doing doing magic for everyone. And I was, I was at this place once, uh, Deville's, when you when, when used ah, to be of course, around. Yeah. yeah. I was doing magic and, uh, you know, this guy I met and uh, he's like, do you want a job? And it turns out he was the person that owned the place. Ah, cool. So he yeah. gave me a job there. And then from there, you know, I started doing like people like, oh, do you do weddings? Do you do birthdays? Yeah. And I kind of got more into that. And eventually um, I ended up, doing um, magic for a Sugar Blue Burlesque show. Mm. Um, I think it was at an Frio. It was uh, like 2000 and early days. <laughs> 2000, <laughs> actually, 2010, I think it was. Yeah. yeah it was, um, 
And uh, so from there, I kind of like, you know, watched the acts um, on stage. Um, being a magician, it was quite good because I didn't have to stay backstage. I was kind of roaming in the audience. Mm. I could see everything from the front. And I was just looking and thinking like, wow, like what, what, an, uh, what, what, what an amazing uh, thing to do and how much fun does it look? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. You know? And I thought, well, I, I think I could do that. You know, like being, like I said, like, uh, uh, you know, I think my my first uh, introduction to stage was uh, in a kindergarten play and, yep. you know, and into the music. And uh, uh, so I thought, well, yeah, well, you know, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And um, not long after, I think uh, there was an ad on Facebook or a call out on Facebook um, from the Twisted Vaudeville Circus. And they said, hey, we're looking for a boyless axe and... You know, uh, and, I, and so I, I replied, you know, we're looking for circus acts. We're looking for, you know, jugglers, stilt walkers, contortionists and everything. I was like, look, I'm a magician. Yeah. Um, but I would like to give boylesque a go. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, so they sent me some videos of some boylesque um, that they'd like me to do. And I did my, kind of put my first routine together. Um, On your own or did you get help from the Sugar Blue List um, team? Uh, it wasn't, it was uh, for Twisted Vaudeville. Oh, okay, so, yeah. yeah. So they, they were the ones guiding you through that yeah. process. That's cool. Uh, so they kind of like, you know, had a bit of a, uh, an idea of what they wanted from me. And mm. I, I didn't really match um, the idea, but I think I tried to match the vibe. Yeah, okay. Because, um, you know, I, I didn't want to copy an act. I didn't want to be oh, someone no, else. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah I, to be honest, I, I probably didn't really understand um, the, the what, is, what is that? Um, the, uh, not the rules, but uh, the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um... Oh, uh, I, I didn't understand the scene, you know, yeah, so, you know, to, to me, yeah. like, I, I didn't understand, like, you know, I, I wasn't even aware of, like, you know, people copying acts or anything like that. Mm. But I, I, I wanted something original. I yeah. wanted something that was me that would tell people that, hey, this is John Mad, and like, you know, he, this is, he's doing his thing. Mm. Um, so I thought, well, what would be unique? And it was my septum piercing that I thought. Uh, ah, was, cool. You know, yeah. And, and so basically my act was uh, me coming on stage in a suit and it was it was pretty straightforward just a guy in a suit coming out <laughs> yeah. uh, you know taking the suit off but at the end is where I produced like a, a, a large needle and I kind of looked like I was piercing my my nose on stage ah interesting that was kind of the kicker yeah. at the end uh, to a Deftone song so it was you know it's pretty intense yeah um, it was a bit of like a, a narrative of like you know like the, the corporate shell and like the inner freak mm-hmm yeah. Um, and I think it was quite well received. Yeah, uh, it sounds really cool. I love the, um, I was thinking about it just as you were talking, those three elements to magic that you pointed out before, I think quite easily could translate into burlesque because you do have to have like a similar interaction and a similar uh, getting rid of your, what is it, like uh, suspending disbelief mm -hmm. for just a few moments so you can like fool somebody into being like, oh yes, I'm a businessman during the day and then yeah. sideshow performer at night. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a narrative in a you know, in like. There's so many performers out there and, you know, everyone's kind of got a gimmick, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or, or they've got an act with with a gimmick at least, um, yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah, so I think that gave me the taste. I think the first time I was doing that, oh, I was nervous as hell, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but strangely confident, I think. Mm. Um, you know, I, I felt like I had a great idea and so, you know, when I stepped off stage, pretty much immediately, I was just like, all right, I want more. <laughs> I want to do more. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and I think I was lucky at the time to be working uh, with someone who was also into boylesque. Uh, so I think if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would have pushed 
to take part in a competition or anything. Yeah, it's the next level to suddenly compete in it. Was that like just super nerve-wracking or were you kind of comfortable because you've been on stage so much at this point? Well, I think the stage itself I wasn't… I was quite comfortable with. Mm -hmm. I I don't think I'm uncomfortable on stage once I'm on stage. It's Mm -hmm. like it's waiting in the sights about to come on stage. That's the worst. (laughs) But once I'm on stage, like that's it, you know. Like I think my brain just switches to… You owe the audience. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, th- there's no time to chicken out. There's no time to back out. Like they're there to watch something, and that's your one damn job right now. Yeah, they paid thirty dollars. Come and put on a show. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think like being on stage has never been a problem. Mm. Um, but like I think just like the lead up to that was you know, uh, yeah, uh, kind of like to put the idea. There. So the first time I think it was 2012 that I. I um, you know, had an act to put together, but I didn't win that one. It was, uh, <laughs> I thought I'd do a fan dance with an electric fan. Cool. Yeah. That's so just, terrifying. Oh, yeah. And in the end, I, st- I, I stopped the blaze with my tongue. And Wow. <laughs> it, oh, that's amazing. Uh, the, the idea kind of came to me at a party when someone uh, pretty much just sh- offered $5 to a person that would dare to do that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then so I did that and I was like, oh, I could use it in an act. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, something different to do a fan dance with, with you know, with an electric fan. Did they have like the giant, did you get cordless ones or did they just have like giant white cords on the, the stage? Well, I spray painted the fan uh, to like to look a bit like coppery. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it looked a bit vintage, but there was a bit of a white cord. It was part of the act actually, yeah. like where, where the, the fan disconnects. and Because yeah. I used the fan kind of a, like a, as a guitar, as an electric guitar. That's so good, yeah. Um, to the song uh, Danger Danger. Yes, yeah. high voltage, yeah. I think they're coming, they're coming to Perth next year, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, I cool. think they're, they're doing a tour or something. Yeah, that's yeah. Again, a lot, a lot of full circles. I but think you know you have to open for them with this act. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, but uh, yeah, didn't win that one. I think that just kind of pushed me a little bit more to kind of go like, all right, I, I need to do this again because mm. I, I, I want to get across that line. You know, I just yeah. want to. Uh, so the next, I think I went to see a circus show and I saw a clown in a giant eight foot balloon and I thought, that's it. Like that's my next gimmick. Mm. Uh, so I put an act together and, uh, and that one, yeah, that one won me, won me the award. Won you the title. Uh, luckily, uh, I, I rehashed the same act on Australia's Got Talent a <laughs> yes, couple of years later. amazing. That's so good. Um, and again, like, uh, that was a bit cheeky of me because I actually auditioned, uh, to, uh, AGT to do magic. Yeah. Uh, but part of the, the application, you had to submit a video and at that time I didn't actually have... I, and I still don't actually have many videos of me doing magic. Mm, um, it would be a weird thing to capture on, well, on film, I right? mean, there is there are a lot of uh, video magicians, yeah. but I've never felt like that's what I'm into, you know? Mm. Like, I'm not performing the trick. You see a lot of tricks on the video, you know, and you get like the, the ones that, like where they reveal things in a comedic way and stuff like that. Yeah. But to me, it's it's always been about the human connection. That's kind of what mm-hmm. brought me into magic in the first place. Yeah. You know? It's like how I connect with another human being. So... I'm I'm always happy to admit that the tricks I do tend to be quite simple mm. as far as magicians go, and you know, like I feel like w- when I'm jamming with other magicians, I've got nothing to show them. Ah, oh, okay. Um, you know, I, I, I was uh, with this magician uh, who in Melbourne, mm. um, who's, um, who's I think he's he's in LA now, um, and I remember he he did this thing where where he he stole someone's watch, like well, not like stole, but like you know, as yeah, part of yeah, a trick, of like course. you know, he 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 got their watch. And it's a really advanced trick to do as a as a magician. Yeah. You know, you got to get close. You got to you know, you, you got to steal someone's watch. Yeah, you know, you, you got to unclasp it from their hand. You got to ascertain what kind of watch they're wearing. Yeah. You know, you, you got to convince them that this isn't theft and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like and and it was 
you know, and like I remember the reaction that they got from the person was just, oh, you, you took my watch. Okay, give it back. Oh. You know, and then so I had to follow up. <laughs> and I pretty, I follow up with a trick that I learned from a 12 year old kid on YouTube. Love it. That's using <laughs> three playing cards. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and this person went, oh my God, where did that come? You know, yeah. and like the person was just like mind blown. And I remember this magician, like who's, who's, you know, so much better than like than me, you know, in, in what I do. And he looked at me in disbelief going like, I took her watch. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and like, I mean, that shocked me as well. Because, you yeah. know, I thought like, well, I'm just playing, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to impress, you know, you as a magician. Mm. I'm just here to play with, with, with the audience. But did you establish like a different level of connection with this person? Do you think then the other magician may have? Is that what won you over, do you think? I suppose it must have, mm. but you know, I mean, I th- you know, it's not like as if like you know he wasn't a, a you know a charming a per- magician. Like you know, mm-hmm. he was a handsome, charming uh, magician. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but I think it's just, just I don't know, like that that just stuck with me. You know, it, yeah. it's 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 not what you're doing; it's it's how you do it. Completely, yeah. yeah. So when you were applying for AGT, the video you used was it video Sorry. footage from Mr. Boy Less then? Yeah, because because uh, there was there was kind of like the only footage that I had of me. Yeah. So I just went, all right, okay, you know, I want to do some magic, some close-up magic. Uh, but uh, and then like I just Here's a routine I, of me in a balloon. <laughs> actually no, I actually I just sent the application without any video. Ah. And then they actually emailed back saying, do you have a video? And I said, well, look, I, I don't have a video of me doing any magic, but I have a video of me performing. And I sent them the video. Yeah. And uh, so they, they called me they called me in, um, you know, at the, I think it was the, at the arena where, where they, they, they did the local editions. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I, I got there and I, was, I brought my cards and I was going to do my magic bit. Uh, and the producers were like, no, actually we saw you do a thing on the video. Uh, mm. Can you do that? And I got to go home and get all my stuff. <laughs> well, actually, I, I looked at them. I said like, well, I could, but really... If I do that to the four of you over here, it wouldn't translate because, you know, it's just the four of you and like that act kind of relies on the energy of of the disbelief of an audience or, or you know, like the… That's so smart. And so they said, all right, cool, we're flying you to Melbourne. <laughs> that's so smart. Now that's how you fool the reality TV producers right, right. there. Because you're not lying. You're completely right. Exactly. But you didn't have to jump through all those hoops of like 700 auditions before you get to do it on stage in Melbourne. Yeah. Well, uh, so I think, uh, you know, a lot of my friends uh, online, you know, they were saying, oh, you know, don't do it. You know, they're going to exploit you and, you know, they're yeah. going to make use of you and everything. And say, look, I know what it is. Mm-hmm. I just want to be on TV and I want to fight to Melbourne. Yeah. Hi, I'm, I'm, so. a, I'm an adult. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to make this decision. Thank you so much for your concern. Yeah. And that experience obviously was like a really positive one overall. Ooh, the the, 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 out, the outcome, <laughs> the, outcome the, 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 the outcome of it was great like yeah. you know I, I got it the experience was a bit painful because uh, they flew us in on, on the red eye <laughs> you know we got we got there at like yeah. two in the morning by the yeah. time we checked in we had to get get ready by like you know 6 30 or something in the morning so yeah, i'm so it, ready to get naked now at 6 a.m thank it, you so much it would have been fine if they had just said hey we're keeping you for the last but yeah. they didn't so I was just, you know, like there, grumpy. And like also this, the, the theater that they were doing that in was mm. just above uh, Sushi Burger, which was just downstairs. Yeah. And I've been there before. I just wanted a Sushi Burger. Yeah. You know, if they told me, hey, look, you're the last one. We're going to call you in at four o'clock. I could have taken a nap. 
right? Yeah, I could have just like, you know, gone burger. in the corner. I could have just gone down for lunch rather than eat one of those like chicken wraps that they were giving everyone. They yeah. were cold and just, you know. Uh, and like, because he didn't tell me. You know, I was just like, hey, look, any idea when I might be on? Do I have time to? You can't leave the space. Oh, we'll tell you when, when it's your turn. And you just see people, you know, like I'm trying to like, you know, you're meeting people and like mm. they're just leaving one by one and there's less and less people in the room. They knew you were on last. They would have had it written down since like the beginning of the day. If they had just said, if yeah. they had just said that, I'll be like, all right, thanks. Cool. Like, I'm going to have a nap in the corner. <laughs> I, you know, I can pace myself. If you need me, I'll schedule so you can do an, you know, you can do a feel. Well, yeah. Anyway, so I think it could have been managed a little bit better. Mm. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a good story to talk about. And, you know, it's good footage for me. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's nice, you know, that I've, I've, I still meet people now. And, you know, when, when they meet me, they're like, oh, you know, where, where have we seen you before? And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe on this show. And they're like, really? And they're like, oh, wait, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I look a little bit different now because my hair is a lot longer. And <laughs> I'm not wearing a sparkly suit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, that's an incredible, it is, like you said, it's a really good story, um, but I am going to throw to our first break and we come back, I want to dive straight into the incredible show you're bringing to Fringe World 2023 awesome. and your opinions on the local art scene. Queer. Far, wherever you are, your perfect late night offering of glamorously gay song is here. In a Fringe World premiere event, the Queer Piano Bar is here to delight and captivate in a genre-blending masterclass of song, accompanied by premier Perth piano talent Gavin Nicolette. For four nights only this February, you can get your tickets through the Fringe World app or website. Sing the night away with a glamorous lineup of award-winning and critically acclaimed vocal talent from the best the festival has to offer. We're back. I'm still sitting across from the incredible John Mad, and I would love to dive in to your amazing show that you've mentioned a couple of times has been mm. running for 10 years now. 10 years. Let us know about this incarnation of Abracadabra and other useless magic words. Well, so uh, I think I said before, when I started the show, it was kind of, I think it was the second or third year of the Fringe Festival. So I'd been involved a little bit here and there. Mm. Um, and... I noticed that there was a market for a lot of adult shows. Yeah. There were a couple of kids shows, but there wasn't an in-between. Yes, you know, like that, totally. That tween to teen market that's yeah. a bit of a gap. And yeah. I thought, well, I think a magic workshop would work quite well. Like, mm. you know, like kids that age would kind of want to learn magic and, you know, learn to be popular with friends and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And like, so Balance I thought, something that's like safe enough for parents to go, yeah, you can go to it. While also being like fun and exciting enough for teenagers to want to be involved in. Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome. So, so I think uh, um, that turned out like really well. You mm. know, it was, uh, it was just, a, you know, just like, like an idea that I had. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, I think Fringe offered me um, the Spiegel tent. Wow. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I asked for like 50 to 100 people and they said, oh, you know, we'll just like block out the side seats and everything. So it, it was nice to be able to play this people mm. in my first, I think, two or three years yeah. um, there. Um, and then just over time, I think I've kind of streamlined the show. I've, you know, it's a lot more structure. Before it was like, all right, I have an idea of what I want to teach. And um, I think same as like I do in the classroom. Um, I have an idea of what I want the kids to know by the end of the class. Mm. And I don't actually have much of a structure. Yeah. I have an idea of how I want to introduce the topic. Mm. And I kind of let the questioning of the class lead how I deliver the content. Yeah. Um, so that kind of worked 
quite loosely in the first couple of years. And then I realized that like actually, actually my, my sis who used to come to all my shows, she's like my harshest critic. <laughs> um, yep. You know, and she'll, she'll sit in the back and she'll take notes. Older or younger sister? Uh, she's eight years younger. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah, yes. Sh- love it. She'll, uh, you know, she'll take all these notes and at the end of the show, she's like, oh, you know, like, you know, you need this and you need that. Oh, you're talking too much. It needs to be simpler <laughs> and everything. Love so sisters, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I've kind of like uh, turned it to a bit more like a three-point kind of show like this. You yeah. Know, three points here, three points there, three points here. Um, and that's kind of the structure of the show. Now. So there's a bit more structure, flows a lot better. Mm. Um, and, you know, and then I've taken that workshop. Uh, again, it's opened up opportunities for me. So I've done like uh, libraries. I've done, uh, you know, uh, team building events. Mm. Uh, I went to a festival in Portugal with nice. the workshop. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been it's been great. Um that's really interesting. It's so it's been able to surpass and translate over language barriers in mm-hmm. corporate settings and in settings with children. How have you found like how have you been able to like manipulate the show across these different places? Well, so I, uh, the tag of the, the tag line of the show is that it's suitable for kids eight to eighty, yep. right? And like there's the extended tag of like uh, if you pee your pants, you're either too young, you're too old, or you're too drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but what I've discovered was that, um, you know, because what I teach is basically, it's based on the trick that I learned when I was seven years old. Mm. So the sleight of hand is really simple. It's, uh, you know, it's it's based on a very simple mag- magic trick that uh, if anyone uh, here listening, you know, knows a basic magic trick, it's probably pretty close to the <laughs> one that you know. Yeah. We're not going to give away which one it is though, because you have to go to the workshop. Of course. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Saturday and Sundays in February, uh, at 4.30 at the Pleasure Garden. Yes, plug yeah. number one. <laughs> we'll get into the more specific plugs yeah. later, but please keep going. Yeah, right. um, uh, so yeah, like uh, um, I've noticed that, um, you know, of course, like the, the kids, they get, they get or they almost get the the technique, the, the how and, and what is being done. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, and, and what I much prefer is the adults in the room, what they get from it. Like, you know, like the my tech person, you know, who watches the show in and out, like, you know, and like by halfway through or sometimes by the second show, you see they've got their own deck of cards and they're sitting behind the thing and ah, they're working they're it out. they're figuring it out, yeah. Well, not even figuring, but like they're just kind of like, you know, working it out and like how they can they can do it. Um, and, and my favorite is just meeting people after. I've got people, you know, that, um, you know, because I've been doing it for 10 years, mm. you know, I, I go around Fringe every year and I'm always hustling, you know, try, trying to, you know, and yep. like not even like flying from my own show. I just like meeting people. Like I said, I, I like mm. meeting people. So, you know, I like to entertain people, uh, you know, and if they come, they come. Great. If they don't, I'll ask them what they want to see and I'll try and recommend them shows that I think they might like. Nice. Um, you know, but like so many times now... Uh, you know, I meet people and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I went to your workshop and I said, oh, well, show me something. And, you know, they're always embarrassed at first. But yeah. then, like, my heart just fires up when someone shows me something and, like, I see that they've taken something away from the workshop. Mm, yeah. Uh, and even more when they put their own spin on it, which is kind of like, you know, where where I, I, I lead the workshop. You know, it's called Abracadabra and Other Useless Magic Words. And, yeah. I, and I say... You know what happens when when you say abracadabra, and the truth is, it nothing happens. Yeah, right? it's it's that one moment where nothing happens. Interesting. Yeah, it's the one moment of any show where literally nothing is happening. Yeah. It, wow. It, yeah. It, it takes all the focus into that one moment mm. when you when you snap your fingers when you say the magic word that everyone's paying attention because they think that everything's happening in that one moment, which gives you all that time before and all that time after abracadabra to do all the dirty work. Mm. 
Yes. Oh, you blew my mind with that. That's <laughs> so true. Yes, I love that. Yeah. So, so I think uh, like the workshop here is you know and and like like what you've just experienced. I think the adults that's when they get these moments.、Mm. You know, so the kids they walk away going like, oh yeah, learn a magic trick, and the adults come out sometimes going like, oh my god, like、uh, you've just made me think about. Things approaching things in a whole different way.、Mm. Um, so yeah, the, like the parents that come in, like you know, they they leave with smiles. Their kids are happy. The parents are happier. <laughs> you know, the grandparents,、uh, you know, yeah, it's 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 a very wide appealing show.、Um, that that yeah. I, I think everyone walks away, yeah, with, with something that they can use. I think you touched on something really interesting too, with that idea that there are so many incredible shows at Fringe that are catered for either very young、mm. or for like a, a plus eighteen audience, which of course we know by the dominance of things like burlesque and circus and、mm-hmm. uh, and music and all of those things that may be skewed a little bit older. In the Perth scene in general, do you feel that there is a gap for like that in between age group year round as well? Well, it's a tough audience. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> you know, it's it's that it's that handphone generation. It's, yeah, it's the TikToks and like you know, and the Snapchats and、yeah. you know, and 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 also, I mean, like that development part in life where you know they stop being children, where they、mm. stop being a, a, a child of their parent. Uh, gaining autonomy、mm. to you know being、yeah. an adult human being, but not yet. You know、mm. it's that formative years. So there's a lot of uh, 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 distraction in it. You know social distractions.、Mm-hmm. Uh, you know school stress of school.、Uh, you know just what am I becoming? You know what? Are, where are these hairs growing? You know why <laughs> yeah, are my bones aching? All these <laughs> things going through it all at once. So it, it's a tough audience.、Mm. And like I said, like they're too cool, you know. They're like, oh, pff, I don't want to go to a show, like you know, like who's this lame guy, like you know,、mm. or like my parents want to take me to something. Oh, it must be lame. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so totally. It's, so it's a hard, it's a hard sell. Yeah. Um, but. But you've managed to figure out a way to sell to that audience. I don't know if I've quite managed. I'm, I'm still trying. I'm still、yeah. trying to sell it. You know. Okay.、Um, yeah. So, I, like, I've done some school workshops.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've done like,、uh, yeah, like you know, big theater rooms. I've done smaller、uh, groups.、Um, we do a school breakfast.、Uh, you know, and I teach a, a different kind of trick.、Mm. Um, I think I like to, to to think of it as.、Uh, Showing kids that you know you you should be able to think flexibly and you know problem solve and、mm. and you know magic kind of is a great medium to tell you that you know what you see is not often what you get. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just to kind of side side swipe them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> side swipe those kids. Yeah. Of course, without them knowing that they're learning a lesson, because otherwise you'll defeat. <laughs> well, I think I,、uh, there was this the、uh, there was this talk the last the last lecture. Have you seen、um, Randy Porsche? I think、uh, he did a, a no, like, not yet. Quite quite a. One of the the early viral videos on YouTube, and、uh, he's got a book. It's a but it's about this guy who's um, he's dying of cancer, and、mm. uh, as a lecturer, you get invited to to kind of impart all your life lessons in your last lecture. Yeah, and、uh, you know, basically, spoiler alert: the the, the lecture was <laughs> was、uh, he did it as an imparting of all his knowledge, but more for his young kids, you know, who yeah, he、course. would never get a chance to see growing up. So、yeah. that was kind of for them, and and one of the lessons was,、uh, you know. The most important learning that you do is when you don't actually realize you're learning,、mm. and you know that that really stuck with me. So、yeah. you know, again, like magic to me is a really good medium to 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 do that. Yeah, and that's incredibly a really really beautiful way to look at arts and、um, the art scene locally、mm. in. Uh, especially local arts in Perth art scene.、Mm-hmm. Where do you see magic fitting in now to where it used to when you started? 
Um, well, magic's a lot more accessible now. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, so uh, it's amazing because you can see a lot of younger people uh, getting into it, like a deep dive into it. You know, yeah. things that I wouldn't even, my fingers won't even imagine <laughs> of doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, um, but I think in performance, uh, well, sorry, just uh, I think that there's a, in general, in performance in general, like like people that kind of focus a lot on, on the moves. Uh, I feel like, like I was saying before, you see tricks and it's hard to see magic. Mm. And and I think there's still that social connection that sometimes I feel like is missing. Yeah. And I'm not, not, not just talking about kids. I'm talking about like… No, just, just all of us, yeah. M- performers, magicians in general. Mm. Uh, magic as an art, like uh, in, in, the, in this local pond, uh, this local scene… Um, I think it's there's definitely you know like 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 a um, a select a select few of us uh, at the moment <laughs> yeah uh, you know and and it's it's kind of hard in Perth we don't have a magic shop here oh actually no we we do now uh, yeah that's glo- only global recent. magic shop yeah that's not that's not like an, a stat that's recent right right like uh, it's still online based yeah uh, there's no physical shop mm. but uh, but they're based in Perth yeah so if you if you need any magic supplies global <laughs> magic shop not an ad yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, but you know, there's there's nowhere where where you know, like in, in a traditional magic shop, you know, bricks and mortar kind of building, you can go in, you can look at the wall, you can you know, you can talk to the person, they can show you something. Mm. Um, and I had, I was lucky enough to have the experience, uh, you know, back in Singapore when I was yeah. in school. There there was one or two of those like old school magic shops, and there was again like I hadn't like got into magic then yet, but it was mm. a bit of like dipping my toes and you know, getting that sense. Um, but over here, like I think the ones that get into it are really passionate about it. Mm. It's really nice to see, and especially in the, the recent years, I think the the we've got a Western Australian um, Society of Magicians. Ah, good. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I remember when I first went, it was uh, I don't know. I felt like there was a bit of uh, there was too much focus on politics for me to be interested. Oh, okay. As a young, as a young kind of you know not really involved. Uh, magician at the time mm-hmm. but i think uh, the the current crew running the ship uh, are amazing like at mm. what they do um you know they, they they do like the social events and everything and i think it's it's just a lot more inviting for yeah. for newcomers to come um so I, I hope that you know like um well people who are not really sure they want to teaser you know they can, they, they can come to the workshop and see if they like it or not and <laughs> if, if they like it then you know i'm you know, hopefully they come to the the meetings and meet other magicians, and and I think that's how the art of magic grows, right? Like yeah. same as most arts, like, mm-hmm. you, know, you meet like-minded people and you you push yourselves. You know, you kind of use that to to prop each other up and and grow from there and grow together and you know have have that like a sense of synergy where two plus two equals five. <laughs> Completely, yeah. and those like like-minded community-based spaces, obviously, as you're saying, are so mm-hmm. important to the development of, of any mm-hmm. art form in a local scene. Do you think that um, you were talking a little earlier about like the bullshit being like a key mm-hmm. factor in in the three-prong attack <laughs> that is magic? <laughs> yep. um, so, do you think that like the rise of like social media is like sort of taking away people's ability to do the bullshit? Uh, sorry, I, I don't understand. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, let me try again. Um, okay, sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, I know what I'm thinking. And, then, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why does no one know what I'm thinking? It's like, it's because you're not saying it. <laughs> okay, social media. 
Yeah, so uh, the rise of like social media and like mm-hmm. being on your phone, you were mentioning, I think, way, way at the beginning mm-hmm. that like magic was a great way for you to reconnect right, okay. with the world around you. Do you okay, think yeah. like magic inhibits our ability, like, sorry, our social media and our phones yeah. and the digital world inhibits our ability to do that a little bit? Without sounding like an old person. <laughs> oh, I already sound old. <laughs> uh, I, I think technology works both ways. Totally. So, you know, like, yeah. uh, well, I only got access to the internet when I came to Australia, mm-hmm. you know, like 15 years old, uh, you know, in 1998 or something. Yeah. Um, and it blew my mind because I could chat with people in Russia, you yeah. know, in America in real time. And that blew my mind. And that was just like MIRC, you know, like, yep. just like text chat. Uh, so much so to the, to the point where I, I would skip like a whole day of classes mm. just to sit in the in the computer lab just chatting because yeah. it was so fascinating to me, um, you know. And that was back in the day where like I I would have to play games of solitaire in between loading my hotmail uh, <laughs> email accounts. Yeah. Uh, whereas now it's you know it's you, real time like you yeah. you can look at people's faces. Uh, you know, you can you can live stream things. Mm. Uh, you know, you guys are listening to a podcast right now. Yep. You know, like, it, like technology gives you so much more access to an audience. Um, but of course, like, you know, there's the dangers of mm. social media and uh, the well, on both sides, you know, of, of being exposed to things on the internet that, you know, like, you know, students these days, mm. you know, get, you know, exposure to to shootings, yeah. to suicides, yeah. you know, like being live streamed, like horrible stuff. Yeah. Um, and of, at the same time, like on the other end, like the people that are posting things are opening themselves to attack from, you know, mm. from comments and, you know, from opinions from, from you know, keyboard warriors. Yeah. You know, who can just kind of sit there and kind of go and judge, you know, Everything, you know, like under a microscope, you mm-hmm. know, you could like pull up, uh, you know, anyone's history, you know, internet, like, you know, a digital footprint. Yeah. And just kind of go like trace back like, you know, 10 years, oh, 10 years ago, you know, you you did this thing on the internet once once upon a time <laughs> or twice upon a time, whatever, like, you know, yeah. like, but 10 years ago. So you we, should be shot out of a cannon. Yeah. But, you know, 10 years ago, we were all very different people. All of us. Yes, totally. You know, I'm glad I'm not who I was 10 years ago. Yes. I'm yep. also, you know, I mean, I do miss who I was 10 years ago, you know, had a lot more, uh, uh, a lot less, uh, uh, hesitation i suppose yeah you know, that's, just that's of, the right way to say a lot less fucks to give yeah <laughs> yeah you know you like you would jump like head first into into mm-hmm. you know most things you know and um so yeah like i think it's always a matter of use and abuse mm-hmm. you know like substances like you know technology like like people yeah you know we can always use uh things to an advantage yeah. or it can always be abused to you know to detriment yeah. And in the space of magic, there's this beautiful in-between where you can learn these incredible tricks like you did from mm-hmm. that 12-year-old on YouTube who taught you an incredible trick. Mm-hmm. There's like that beautiful space in the middle where you can like learn and engage with other people. That's hopefully yeah. the exciting place you want to continue playing in. Well, I always like I always like to say that, you know, as a magician, I'm, I'm quite picky, especially watching magic shows. Mm. Um, I like watching the maybe the top 10 maybe 15% of magic shows. Yeah. I like watching the bottom 10, 15% of magic shows. <laughs> yeah. Because the top, you know, the, the, the top, the, the, the cream of the crop, I, I learn what the art could and should look like. Mm, yeah. And at the bottom, like I often learn about how tricks work. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like and in the of, middle, it's all just meh. 
the 70% in the middle, 70, 80% in the middle, like really just bores me for the yeah. most part, you know? <laughs> like it's the, it's the same show, it's a different performer, mm. it's a different sequence, but it's the same tricks. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's, I, I'm quite picky about these yeah. kind of things. And I think, I, you know, I've, I've, I haven't seen a lot, I must say, you know, I, I'm not like a magic historian, like a, a lot of magic enthusiasts are, like mm. you know, they'll, they'll read along, like, you know, the history of who developed the trick and like, you know, yeah. who was the first person that performed this and like all the different variations. Mm. Like, I'm not so much into that, but like, I like the art form of it. I, I like to watch things from an artistic, uh, artistic point of yeah, view. Yeah, of course. Um, and I think, you know, you talk about like, you know, arts in, in general. And I, th- I think that it applies to all arts. Yeah, definitely. You know? And, and I, I kind of always joke that, you know, in Perth, we get really good art because we know that the people in Perth who are doing it aren't doing it for the money. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much money to be made in Perth yeah. for us, unfortunately, you know, like the mining booms well and truly passed us. Yep. So the people that are doing it right now are really doing it for the blood and passion, like, you know, and the sweat and the tears of art because they love what they do mm. and they chase it. And because of that, we've got amazing artists. Yeah, we do. Across, across the fields, you know, musicians, you know, burlesque performers. Uh, you know, uh, even the techs. Yeah, we've got know, some. Like, we've got killer techs. You here, know, yeah. like just amazing people running. You know, the, from on the ground, and if we can only get support from up there. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to shine a light down this way, we'd be ever so grateful. <laughs> oh, please, yes. Uh. <laughs> well, if you want to see a show that is up there with like the best of them, I highly recommend uh, John Mad's Fringe Show. Can you tell us everything about it? This is Plug City. Tell us where to find it. Well, it's uh, called Abracadabra and Other Useless Magic Words. It's actually pre- uh, presented by Dead Funny this uh, this year. Amazing. Um, working together with uh, comedians, um, uh, Andrew Silverwood uh, and um, Shash. And we we just got a kind of like a few a few shows that we've kind of like put together and just pool our resources. And, yeah, great idea. You know, and just kind of, I think uh, the audience spread, uh, I think, you know, because of the wide appeal of our shows. Mm. Um, yeah, we like each other a lot. <laughs> kind of appreciate each other's work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you look up Dead Funny on the Fringe website, if you look up Abracadabra, you look up uh, you look up John Mad. Yep, you'll find. You look it. Look up Magic. <laughs> uh, you'll find me. It was actually called Abracadabra. Uh, you know when we used to have the, like because when we used to have the print uh, guides, I yeah. thought well Abracadabra is going to come up pretty Under early in a? the list. Yeah, so <laughs> that's like, so yeah. funny. A B A B is pretty yeah. early. You know, yeah, I think this is like an ah comedy show or something like that with like three, three A's or something. Yeah, but at least you'd be on page two, three maybe. Uh, well, yeah. A B is still page one. Yeah. Yeah, ABS page, yeah, but I think yeah. now now it's all digital, so there's this you know there's not really much. So it's uh, yeah, but if you look up Abracadabra, like you know, it's it's the one magic word that everybody knows. If you look <laughs> yeah. up again, magic, you look up John Mad, you'll find me. Uh, we're playing Saturday Sunday weekends uh, mm-hmm. at the Pleasure Garden um, in February. So incredible January school holidays. Uh, I'm just gonna be watching shows. I'll, I'll I'll be around. I'll be around the Pleasure Garden. You'll see me a lot. Yeah, come show me. John Mad your awesome tricks that you know. <laughs> yeah, if if you know like so. I mean, you know, I'm doing this because I think, like you said at the start, you know, I, I'm, I'm combining my passions. And, mm. and, you know, one's entertainment and I think the other one's education. Yeah. I, I really like sharing knowledge. Yeah. So uh, one thing I always say to people is, you know, show me a trick and, you know, you don't have to, you don't even have to come to my show. You know, if, <laughs> if you see me out there and I'm hustling, you know, and, you know, you get a spare moment. I've probably got cards on me, you know, show me something. I would love to watch your trick, uh, you know, and then I'll give you a, a tip or three to to make it better. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's so great. And on social media, are you just uh, John Mad everywhere? 
Uh, yeah, J O N M A T T John Mad Magician John Mad. Um, you'll see me and, and I, I've you know I, I've done a lot of things uh, in my you know short career. Um, <laughs> and people say, oh, you know, why why don't you do like you know magic and boyless together? Why don't you do music and and, and magic and mm. all this kind of stuff? And I kind of like to 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 keep them separate. Like yeah, um, that's fine. So I'll, you know, I'll do boyless and it's just John Mad and there's no. I mean, aside from this this interview right here, like <laughs> usually I don't really cross reference. Yeah, you know, I've, I've just started comedy actually this year. Awesome. Um, and it's all just kind of John Mad, John Mad, John Mad, and I like to let the audience connect the dots. You know, and yeah. So they, they kind of go like, "Wait, didn't that? Didn't I see him in a burlesque show? Yeah. Or did, didn't I see this guy on TV? Or didn't he yeah. sing that in that band? Or like, mm. you know, here the Hannah House Studios, <laughs> and you know, we used to jam here all the time, and yeah." Uh, yeah, I still got the stickers. I got the yeah, t-shirts. Somewhere. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all uh, over the walls. Um, no, that's amazing. So you'll find all of those incredible links to this show and to John Mad's social media mm-hmm. in our show notes today. Just scroll down, click on all the things. Mm-hmm. And as always, reminding everybody that if you like this podcast, you can like us across social media, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app, or send us a question to waexposepod at gmail.com and we'll ask our next incredible guest. I have to say a huge thank you, John, for joining me today. I've oh, had the best time awesome me too thank you so much for having me again WA Expose is an independent production our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M Burrows you can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Expose it's wrong you better get it right well if it's the opening (laughs) you can always like restart again this is is true I I can always redo it Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.